Grab a seat, boy. Grab yourself an egg roll. We got everything here from a little eye Joe to damn if I know. You are now listening to the Nerd Words Podcast. Brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com Get those nerds! 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 So you know what we're talking about today? No. The only thing we can talk about today. Today's Batman Day. What? Today's International Batman Day. You made up a day for a fictitious comic book character? sure did. Allow me to uh, shed some light on the subject for you here. After I swallow my ramen. I mean, it fits, though, with all the fucking Gotham you've been watching and shit. Then, just because I was watching Gotham doesn't mean we should have made a day. No, no, not. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, for us to be talking. Okay. That's not like you and me made a day. That's- You're right. No, it's uh, September 26th, 2015 is Batman Day. Uh, last year's Batman Day. So it's not new. It's not like they just started it this year. But uh, it's the 76th anniversary of Batman. And it, as of last year when it started, they decided to make it a day. So every uh, September 26th. Is Batman Day. We can briefly mention the Batman, but I figured it would be appropriate since this is a nerd show and today being a day that someone made up. Wow. I, uh. I'm stunned. I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't get him anything, you know? No. I don't think you have to get Batman anything. He's huh? a billionaire. I, could, I guess I can go on a crime spree. He can come hunt me down. He's probably pretty busy. I mean, I imagine all of America and parts of Europe would be considered Gotham. You know, it's the same where Batman's a big thing. Where he's like one part Chicago, one part New York. Oh, you just mean where he's where he's popular? Well, it'd have to be where people would consider where they live Gotham. I don't know. Um, it's really weird to me. It feels like um, Batman is more popular now than he's ever been, and for a character that's been around for nearly three quarters of over three quarters of a century strangely it's because batman is an incredibly in-depth character and i'm what i mean by strangely is because you know what's what's superman um you know what i mean you know superman is like superman's kind of boring you know Uh, well at least i i think a lot of people see him as that you know it's a a guy of traditional ideals and the truth justice in the american way so if you take a lot, of, well, if you if you break it down, there's a lot. I mean, we're talking DC versus Marvel, all that other stuff we've done right. a number of times. We're a poor Marvel group, yeah, and that's that's how it goes. But when it comes to DC, Batman's who I like and I love. That's my favorite superhero. My favorite villain being, of course, the Joker. Right out of the entire series, and I mean, out of all of DC, that's just how it is. And that's because when I think of Batman, Batman's realistic, and in so far as it's a human, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's He's, a relatively normal guy, no superpowers. You can follow a process of what happens when you take a billionaire, someone Mm -hmm. with uncalculable wealth, and you kill his parents at an early age, and you leave him in the trust of a incredibly handy and sufficient, uh, I wouldn't call him butler. We would say personal personal guardian, I think, is good until he gets older, and it's like, I I guess, his butler uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, But... You, you put him in that isolation, it's interesting how he developed. And the villains are big on pointing out a fact that Batman's just as crazy and, di- and off-kilter as everybody else. It's just his happens to be for the side of justice. You know, he doesn't believe in vengeance. He'll never kill anybody. And that's what justifies everything he does. Right. But if you add up 
the broken bones that this guy has caused, the torture he uses, the tactics he's done. It's it's kind of like DC's Punisher. Now, when you say he's just as crazy as everyone else, let's articulate that a little bit. Now, you'd have to be pretty crazy to dress up as a bat in a bat costume and jump around from building to building and beat up criminals. So that in and of itself is crazy, but but there's a bit more to it. Right. So how do we articulate that? The psychosis of crazy is because Bruce Wayne can't reconcile the fact that he was helpless and powerless to do anything about his parents' death. He can't save them. He can't staunch the blood flow. And they, they kind of when you watch Gotham, it, it paints a lot of the picture. Gotham, the TV series, which is good. It, but I know a lot of people were upset because it wasn't quite DC's canon, but it's a TV show, so take that for what it is. Right. But what the highlight is, the actor playing Bruce Wayne in there, I forget the kid's name, he does do an amazing job at showing that he's frustrated because he's not a surgeon. He's not a doctor. He couldn't save his mother's life. He couldn't save his dad's life. Had they been shot anywhere near anybody with some emergency medical technician uh, techniques, anything like that, they probably could have saved them. But he felt powerless, and he was surrounded by all these books. Mm -hmm. He was raised by his dad, the uber surgeon, and he none of it synced in. He didn't have any of the skill right then. So that frustration spawned in him an urge to never fail, to never fail again, not in that caliber. Or better said, nobody will die by his hands and he will try to stop it a sense of justice is born i guess you could say and he's a super good kid that's the thing um but that psychosis we're talking about what would a normal kid have done a normal person who just cried what, right he would have <laughs> cried and he did right but they would not have shut themselves into a building and just tried to decipher their own parents murder figure out who did it you know it would have been open and closed trust the police yeah, I, th it. I think a lot of that too has to do with means. I think that if you took like a poor kid, mm -hmm. they they probably uh, we'll just talk about from a comic book perspective. Right. In a normal situation, in a comic book, you know, if you took a kid that didn't have means, you know, he'd probably turn to a life of crime because you know eventually he wants to hunt down this guy or or whatever. He didn't have the opportunities. Blah blah blah. Bruce Wayne had opportunities. Bruce Wayne came from a very wealthy family and was surrounded by like you said all the the books and all the all the opportunity to learn right and get better uh you know acquire the skills to to take that route of justice or a poor kid you know maybe life of crime it's comic books you don't know it's 50 50 or would have gone along the same route but you know ended up as like a cop or you know, ended up in a in a home for boys. I'm glad you say and, that because I think if he had the same parents, regardless of their wealth, they would have been the same parents. Right. Right. He was the sure. same upbringing. If they would have had an uncle or a friend that was Alfred and he still would have had that in his life, I still think we would have got Batman. I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, I think to a degree you'd be the same. Maybe it'd be a little bit different, you know, because right. you don't have billions of dollars. He's so. not going to have the gadgets and the gear. Exactly. But let's say it was just mom and pop modest means whatever didn't have an alfred they die he ends up going to a boy's home or an orphanage and deals with his parents death actually if you take away all the stuff that support that character then yeah but but in terms i mean who knows i mean we could extrapolate you know and that, and i mean i mean it breaks it down to what's is that because of who's bruce wayne right you know, Bruce Wayne is a product of his parents. He's still far too young to have had his own thoughts and ideals of the world. Yeah. He had on his shoulders. Where, where, we, where we have that statement, we stand on the shoulders of giants, he mm -hmm. literally did. Right. I mean, Wayne Enterprises is a billion-dollar corporation. 
mm-hmm. like wealth hand over fist. He couldn't spend it all. No one could have. And they are a pillar in Gotham. They are they're literally the the strength and the morality of an entire city based on what they choose to do. And that whole chain of events is really what creates Bruce Wayne. And so, and you can't talk about Bruce Wayne unless you talk about Gotham. Gotham with the Wayne family alive, they were in a battle for its morality. Crime versus the upper crust moral, upright citizens is what you were dealing with. And, you know, those those of money chose to sort of shelter themselves from the poor and who cares. And here was this unique and interesting super wealthy family that said we are the moral of the city and i think that's what made batman it's a very interesting sort of characterization that they give that city and that's i think that's the appropriate word because in all of the batman mythos whether it's comic books or television or movies you know going all the way back gotham is as much a character as you know Bruce Wayne or James Gordon like the, oh, yeah. it's 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 definitely there is something about the way that that city was created it's it's like the the as dark as you could get a modern day city oh yeah and you know it's it's been told differently in every incarnation whether it's the comic books or you know whether it's Batman uh begins or or the Batman movie that Tim Burton did, or even you know the later Batman movies that were not so great, you know, and I, and I don't mean like uh, the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, the Nolan films were amazing. Right, those 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 were were definitely good, and even even those movies had a kind of way of characterizing that city. Um, but it's not like the day glow. Uh, uh, Batman and Robin type of thing that right. that we got in in the nineties, but even that was its own character. You know, it seems like everybody that's been involved has a way of interpreting Gotham. Gotham is a dark place. It's not a super awesome place to be, and you have your kind of upper crust, and you have this strange bottom rung criminal element as well that sort of runs everything from from the ground level, you know, underneath the streets. Gotham's gothic. Yeah, that's, it, that's it definitely it definitely is. And I think that no matter who you are, you can't you can't have that city without it maintaining its namesake. Its theme is in its title. It's, it's what it's called, right? And gothic gives elements to to dark, death, things being uh, bleak. Uh, nothing really works right. People are always taking the shortcut. Yep. <clears throat> the moral upright people are the heroes. Right. Every time. For every person that chooses not to join a crime family and gets a steady, you know, nine dollar an hour job, that's a hero. Right. Even though they may not realize it because they're not willing to take from someone else because they don't have. And that's great. But in that town in Gotham, mm-hmm. that person may get shot. Yeah. Repeatedly. Because, you know, and I, I say repeatedly because when you look at it, there's always a crime spree. There's always something. Right. And they do something unique. They have Arkham, which has sort of been the tragic, insane asylum since Gotham's inception. Right? It's just sort of sat there. And everyone deranged or what have you, the city has always been like, oh, no, we won't just do away with them. There's got to be a place where they can get better. Right. So we'll put them there no and matter who it is. Now, when I hear Arkham... I instantly think H.P. Lovecraft. Right. And I've noticed now, I full admission, you already know this because I live with you, but <laughs> I, I've watched some of Gotham in a very passive way. Uh, Bob, in an act that's kind of contrary to his 
normal habits has just been devouring Gotham, just binge watching it. And it's not normally like he'll watch <laughs> two or three episodes of something and then move on to something else. But he's been dedicated. And so, you know, I come in and, you know, it's on and I'll, yeah, I'll sit on the couch and watch it for 15 or 20 minutes and then I'll go off and do something else. But like three or four different times, I've I've there's a character whose name was Lovecraft. Yeah, they mentioned Arkham. Uh, they had the actor from Reanimator. Yep. Um, which I, I feel like I need to look up his name because I don't know it off the top of my head, and I wish I did. Um, but uh, so, like, do you think that's intentional? Like, is there? I absolutely think it's intentional. Got to remember the WB made this series. You know, right. Have this series up, and what's in? Cthulhu plush dolls, Cthulhu stories, uh, Lovecraft is a name that's being tossed around. Right. And I think we're about to see films that are going to get made that have Lovecraftian themes in them because that cult is, we're not, it's not a cult anymore. Right. It's not a cult group that enjoys that. Jeffrey Combs is the actor's name, by the way. Okay. Remember that. Jeffrey <laughs> Combs, Jeffrey Combs is the shit. So if you get the chance to see Reanimator, if you get the chance to even see Frighteners, like yep. he's a definite cult actor and he plays a part in this show. I don't know how big it is or how extensive it is. It's but a bit part. <laughs> so so it, it, it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely interesting but anyways continue you might say the guy's a stitch <laughs> in the show <laughs> but, so, uh, all right so uh, and i think that's why i think that you see uh arkham massachusetts was a favorite of uh for lovecraft because massachusetts itself was steeped in cult and history and i think hb lovecraft himself targeted it because it's an interesting place and by interesting in and of itself it's not terrifying it's just the town Right. And it has woods and whatnot. But those woods aren't normal woods like you find anywhere else. Well, and then to get into Massachusetts a little bit more, you have uh, the history going back to like the Salem witch trials. You know, shit like that where you have this like, whether it's perceived or real, uh, you have this concept of this these dark these dark behaviors going on in the woods and strange sounds and you know let's blame this person and burn them at the state like that stuff really happened you have a town of pilgrims that completely settled the area and you know it's the pilgrims that invented incarceration i don't know if you knew that they're the ones who came up with actually jailing their criminals and originally a jail cell was just isolation they would confine you to a place with a single cross you would have a bed and they would give you bread and water that's it mm-hmm for whatever length of time they felt, it took you to get right with God. That was the you, first. You jail. mean in the, in the United States? Yes, and yeah. that's the first. But that's that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Is that that's how that is. But what I mean is, is that that strictness that they had, but still leaving up to. Well, we'll just. I don't want to say. I don't want to hurt any feelings here. But if you if you took modern someone nowadays who went mm-hmm. and committed a crime and said, "We're going to sit you in a room and you're just going to be here right until you learn your ways," it's kind of the same effect it did then. It didn't. Right. Someone's going to go insane. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, some, and they've proven that, right? Total isolation from social contact. It's just you to your own thoughts. People talk to themselves. People relive their memories. Yep. You get trapped inside your mind. And, and back to the point, you, they founded the place, and they had all these strict rules that mm-hmm. you can't do anything, and this is all according to religion, right. blah, 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 and stiff penalties for doing wrong. Then you have the Salem Rich Trials, so that just reinforced that they need to be stricter. And then suddenly... Life happens, and they start gradually lining up and getting getting with what it is. But I, you know, even still to this day, I guarantee you, you're not going to find a more calmer community than if you went to like Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, well, and, and, quiet, and from what I've seen, from what I've seen about that place now, it's it's very touristy. Yep. So they they play off of that 
historical kind of bad stuff because people are always attracted to a train wreck they always yep. want to go see oh where did the worst thing happen you know it's like we had talked about haunted houses i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast here but we talked no. about those people that um we uh, did we yeah did yeah chance. like uh, one of the earlier ones that was i was remembering but uh you know people always want to go and try to test their metal like right you know ah it's not uh, you know i'm not scared of it it's not real so yeah definitely um I, I don't know much about like the historical significance in the Batman comic books as far as like where the Arkham Asylum came from or any of that stuff. I just thought it was very interesting that there's this kind of like they, they pay nods to that writing and, and you know, because if you if you look at, at someone like the Joker, you look at these villains that have been created throughout the history of Batman they're all a little they're they're they're, they're, they're yeah they're all insane they're all nuts and you know they don't really put the villains in prison they put them in arkham asylum right which is like the the house for the criminally insane which is another theme of lovecraft and right. lovecraft stories people who commit wrongdoings but the occult was attached to it they they got put away they went to an insane asylum they did not go to jail they were not just killed they they went somewhere you know, people tried to hide in the barium. But the reason behind it is is that you put them in these places and they stay out of society, and hopefully what happened to them will just snuff itself out. Whatever dark thing got a hold of them won't be contagious and won't get out because we're containing it in a single solitary place. And that's sort of how they do it. But even that's horrific, right? Right. So it's it's an onion layer worth of horror. You know, it's it's whatever caused them to snap, and now that they're snapped, they try to warn the people who are common, you know, nothing wrong. Those people, in response, isolate the crazy person, mm -hmm. and then the crazy person's left to whatever fate that's in store for them for the thing that chose to do what it did. However, DC's trying to sell comic books, not terrify people. Right. So they make these interesting people um, that, that would seemably be every day, although not quite. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that I think they take to the extreme. They take a person, like, for instance, if you look at Edward Nigma, right, and in Gotham, the series, I, I always found that character to be trite. Just whatever. Riddles, you're a genius. Who cares? Right? right? I didn't care. When you look at Gotham, they put it to an actor to portray those ticks that you read about. Because I don't think a comic sells at all the mannerisms of what you're looking at. So they could seem just, you know, one-dimensional sort of right. thing. Well, the Riddler, before he's a Riddler, he's, he's a forensic uh, specialist. You know, a pathologist, if you will, uh, for the TV show. And... He's really an okay guy. He's super sheltered, but that's why he's super smart. He's mm -hmm. focused 100% on feeding his mind all this data and being accurate and being correct. Right. And he has the ego to go with it, which is natural. If you're a genius, you're egotistical. There's no way you can't be because everybody else seems not as smart. They can't hang. They don't understand your thoughts, so why express right. them? Whether you're outwardly or inwardly, or you're going to have a degree of, of narcissism. And Edward Nygma's a good-looking guy. That's what it is, but he can't relate to that because he doesn't have any social skill uh, to correlate. And in the show, they kind of put him in scenarios where every time he tries to talk in his own way, it's to the shy girl in the office and she sees him as a creep mm -hmm. because he's not walking around as one of these studly officers and, hey, baby, how's it going? Yeah, I defend the city. Want to go out sometime? No. He dices up watermelons that he was using on a case because he was Dexter style trying to find out what murder weapon worked. And instead of wasting the watermelon, he made like these super cool cutouts 
to kind of hand deliver them to everybody in the office, asking if they wanted some watermelon because the you know the department paid for it. Right. And when he goes to the girl to offer it, you know, it's it's stuff like that that makes him awkward because he walks in and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. You know, what am I supposed to take from this? He's like, well, you know, um, answer me this, and he's given riddles left and right, especially when he feels awkward. It's he's the ultimate ice. Look at the feds mechanism. Exactly. Well, later on in the show, you know, spoiler, how they show him develop into something else. He doesn't get the girl. He watches her get with this cop who's abusive. It's physically abusive. And that right there, I think, is where he becomes something else. Mm-hmm. He transitions from this good guy to deciding that no, there's a sense of justice. Now, why he wants to be justice is because he's got good old uh, who am I thinking of? The main character of the show? Uh, Gordon. They have, yes, they have Gordon running around deciding he's going to stand up against a corrupt police department and a corrupt right. regime. And he's inspired by that because Gordon actually thinks the world of him. Right. And, you know, sub- now, I won't say supports him, but doesn't treat him different because he's a genius. He actually uses him because he's a genius and knows he's the only one who can do the job. And so often kind of kind of gives a nod to him. So because he's inspired, he tries to, outside of work, confront this guy before he goes in drunken to do whatever he's going to do, probably the usual, uh, to this girl he likes. Well, the guy tries to physically confront Nigma, and it didn't doesn't go well. You know, he ends up accidentally stabbing the guy because uh, he pulled out a knife to kind of, hey, leave me alone. The dude lurched forward right. thinking he's a wuss, and he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. And then the guy keeps coming at him. He keeps stabbing him, but then he you see the darkness develop. Right. Because he's been working. And there's several times he's worked with corpses and whatnot that he's unfaced. He sees the human body as a puzzle. He sees what happens to them as a puzzle. And, of course, he's a fanatic of puzzles. And so, but you get to see that beautiful development. Right. And I think DC did an amazing job. Every single villain they had, they developed that way. Like they didn't go, they, they developed characters the way I enjoy characters to be developed, at least in the Batman genre when it comes to a villain. It can't just be a modern guy. There's something that takes a good guy or just a normal guy and sends him on a darker path to where he can develop. Right. And what makes them great is that anybody can sit there and go, oh man, that, that could have been me. You know, I could see that happening, you know, if, if the circumstances were the same, like we talked about Bruce right. Wayne even. Now, here's my question. Um, I think for most people, our age anyways, comic books probably weren't the first exposure that they had to Batman. Right. Uh, we could rattle off hours and hours of different avenues of, of exposure to Batman, but I'm curious. I know, I know where I was first exposed to Batman. I'm curious if yours is the same. When was the first time you ever saw like a Batman show or, you know, where's your first exposure to that character? Strangely, I saw, I, mine was a Batman comic. Uh, my dad had one. It was like, but it wasn't even a full comic. I want to say it was in a magazine. Mm-hmm. It was like something they were trying to sell bubblegum. I think it had Batman and Robin on it and it looked weird. And I don't know what it was, but right. when I asked my dad about it, he showed me the TV show. You know, the old TV the show? The 60s one, yeah. Where they're, you know, climbing up the side of the building with a rope like yep, every episode? absolutely. That's, that, that, that's, that's what right. I was going to say. Like, the very first exposure I ever had to Batman when I was a kid, and this is really, really young, right. was that 60s Batman and Robin TV show. And I think it was probably my mom that yeah. exposed it to me because, you know, these were shows that they grew up with as a kid and it was on syndication on, you know, one of the, one of the major networks, you know, the like TB, not TBS, but like, uh, well, this was before Nickelodeon. So yeah. like, um, channel 50, uh, <laughs> right, WPWR yeah. channel 50, uh, or I think channel 66 at the time, this is going way back to like 84, 85. So 
the most of those stations either don't exist anymore or they exist in some other incarnation. Um, but it would be like I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, Batman and Robin. You know, like oh, yeah. it'd be like the the block. And uh, I remember as a kid loving it. I mean, because it was really, if you look at it from a perspective as an adult. It really was kind of geared towards children. Everything was over the top. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was uh, animated with the the word bubbles and the you know the punches and Kapow. the kicks, right? Blam! And um, it doesn't really hold up to what the character of Batman is, but in a way, it does. It doesn't have the the dark aspects of what you come to expect from Batman, but it definitely has like that, uh, you know virtuous hero the detective they had all the gadgets right they had the superb intellect right right or the attempt at making somebody seem like they had a superb intellect gadgets were like a thing in the 60s oh yeah uh, you know and we could name shows for days green hornet uh, uh what was the the spy one the spy show where the guy used his shoe i, I oh yeah that oh my god it was uh, uh. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. I can't remember it for life for me. Was it Get Smart? Yes, it was Get Smart. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Good good brain on you because I was like, I don't know. I, all I could remember was like Agent 6 and Agent 99. <laughs> like that, that was all I could remember. But, uh, you know, there was like a whole, you know, a wide spectrum of those. James Bond was one, yep. you know. So it was like gadgets and trinkets and little knickknacks and taking a normal guy making him a super guy with all the tech right that was a huge thing in the 60s so that was my first exposure and then uh i i would say probably like 10 or 11 years old i some somebody gave me or i found a batman comic book and it was the origin of batman it was like a reprint of a reprint of a reprint you know it was like yep like the original here's bruce wayne and then his parents get killed and i think in the i think in this comic whichever one it was and i don't have it anymore it disappeared probably read it to death and it disintegrated uh i think in that storyline it was the joker who was responsible for bruce wayne's parents death yes and because that was often assumed right and 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 you know with when you look at comic books you know as well as I do, and for those of you who are listening who are into comic books, these histories change. Uh, the comic book creators, you know, they'll have a huge long run, and they'll decide, you know what, we want to do something else, we want to take our stories in a different direction, and they'll change them. Whether it's just, you know, one issue of the comic, they change it, or they do like a whole world altering, and I think DC's done that like two or three times now, Oh yeah, where they basically just take everything that came before and they wipe it and they start from scratch. I really think it's because if you look at comics back in the day, like when they started, there was nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Here's a character, you know, Batman's story would have been, oh, billionaire boy's parents gunned down an alleyway. He decides to get even. He will right. find justice. He becomes the Batman. Even if they tell you that right away. And they don't explain it. Because for a lot of those comic books, it was like, here's this character for like five years, and we just don't ever even explore that. Right. Because the way that they were making him was very dime store. Yeah. It was very much like, pop him out, pop him out. Because you, you would see a clip in right. a magazine or what have you, and it was a big deal to get your own comic. Yeah. That they were writing for. And I mean, it still has to be well, a big I, deal to get I know, your comic I know, into like, a series. Having heard uh, Stan Lee talk... 
uh, and I don't know much about the early DC guys, and you're going back 75 years, so Stan Lee's really the last bastion of that era. You know, he 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 had expressed when he would go to parties, go out with his wife, and they'd meet people. People would invariably ask him what he did for a living. You know, it's normal small talk stuff. And he would say, oh, I'm a, I'm a writer. And they'd be like, well, what do you write? And he'd be like, well, I write, I write kids' books. And then they'd want to know, and then he'd tell them, I write comic books, and the conversation would be over. Right. Because it wasn't a respected thing to do back then. And for a lot of guys, it was probably like, okay, we're going to take this gig get a writing job because that's what we want to do and hopefully this leads us into something else. Well, as the art grew and became more respected, you know, you have these guys like Stan Lee who never leave, you know, because that art form grew. But at the time, it wasn't respected. It was, you know, it was like pulp, like writing yeah. pulp. And some of the greatest authors, one we've already mentioned, got their start writing pulp. And there were times where like Lovecraft, as a for instance, He'd write every story in the magazine, but he'd have to change his name so that the readers wouldn't realize that one guy was writing all the stuff in the magazine. So I think that's interesting, you know, because back then you don't have necessarily an ironed out history. Probably don't even care to some extent because who is the audience that you're focusing on? Well, as the readers matured and as the art form matured, that's when you really started to get into, you know, the, the intricacies of, you know, where does Bruce Wayne come from? Where, you know, how did his parents die? You know, who's responsible? And, you know, so basically you have a, a wide variety of, of tellings. <laughs> you, you know, it's it's who knows where it comes from. But, you know, sometimes it's the Joker that did it. Sometimes it's somebody else. I don't know all of them. But and it's you had the Joker. You then had the big conspiracy. Mm -hmm. behind is someone who wanted the family out of the way for a project to be built right um then there's some that just say it was a random guy it simply was a random crime in gotham right and that was that you know the guy got away because he just wanted the purse yeah no big conspiracy just and it changes too even how they're killed you know the one the one time it was the joker the guy walked up and just he smiled he didn't have a mask on right he just smiled real big and shot him right chuckled and then you know asked the question of bruce wayne you know, ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Right. Which was added in the movie. Right. Right. And it had that line. And I think that's where it even came from is in the movie. Right. And then they wrote it on a comic line because they thought that was And, the and that happens too. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and, but before you had random violence did it. And then, you know, it was the Joker. And then they were like, well, take the Joker out of it. We have a conspiracy. How does a billionaire kid get? And what I mean is. The farther we've gone out with it, the more interesting of a story gets told. Right. The more right? intricate, the more involved it becomes. Exactly. And they, they had that web. Mm -hmm. They're able to make that web to do it. Now, I think you re the reason why I prefer it being the Joker is because I think that explains a lot of why Bruce Wayne does not kill the Joker. Now, it may seem odd. Joker kills lots of people, even harms, you know, kills a Robin, tries to kill the other Robin. Yeah. You know, goes about goes out of his way to sort of constantly get Batman's attention in a fucked up way, right? Right. And keeps doing it. It doesn't he shoots uh Barbara Jordan in uh in the, yeah, in the killing in joke, right? Yep. Yeah. And he does all these things and Batman should just kill him and you know keep the real safe place, but doesn't. Right. And just keeps putting him in Arkham knowing he won't even get better. He's incurable. And the fact is, is that I think it's because and to me it added more weight always in my head. It made sense. He's literally the last being that was involved with his parents' existence. 
And I think that adds to Bruce's psychosis. Well, and also I think that there's probably something to be said about not wanting to do what he did sure. out of fear of perhaps, well, if I if I exact my vengeance on this guy and kill him, that doesn't make me any better than him. You know, so so there's that concept too. Yeah, that high brow, that high the high morality aspect of it. Now, um, out of curiosity, we've had I, we could probably count like ten different people that have played Batman outside of the comic book. Obviously, comic books is drawing, so nobody plays right. it. But um, what what do you think for you? Like, what's the definitive portrayal of Batman? And it could be video game, cartoon, movie, TV show. Like, who's your favorite? If if I if, if, if there's no limit, the no. best Batman ever. Um, and I, the way I depict that, it's who played Bruce Wayne the best. Mm-hmm. That's to me, and it was done in the cartoon show, Batman the series. Yeah, the old one, the like like the cartoon, the fifties ish style. I don't know about the fifty. I just remember it's a cartoon. It had a lot of dark colors. And yeah, whatnot, and Batman uh, ran around, and thing. that's that's where Mark Hamill played the Joker. Yes, that is the one. Yeah, that I I I would agree with you. Um, I think that 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 cartoon that cartoon came out. I think I was like maybe what thirteen or fourteen years old. Right. Go ahead and do what you need to do with your Xbox. No, okay. Um, and I I would watch that constantly because I thought it was probably the best portrayal of Batman as I understood him. Oh yeah. That I had seen. Um. Obviously, you had a, a big, thick, athletic. Puma like build of a of a Batman of a Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. who dressed sharp. I, I really like his the, the excuse me the portrayal of Bruce Wayne because he was always always smirking, always was a good guy, but didn't over the top it. Right, didn't come off as weird. Just came off as recluse. Yeah, you know, like a good Bruce Wayne in my opinion should. He does live a double life. No, he doesn't. He logically understands the lives of people around him, but he does not have the same woes. As it would, so it's hard. And there's some truth to that. Uh, a person who d- can't have the same problems as another person has difficulty relating to another person. Yeah. In other words, if you can't empathize right. with what goes on. Do I think Bruce Wayne lacks empathy? Quite the opposite. I think he has way too much. Mm-hmm. And that's why he does what he does. But he knows how to shut that off. That there's a line. And when he plays Bruce Lane, Bruce Lane, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> he has to be this playboy. Yep. And that cartoon nailed it. Yeah. Like you may, I watched a lot too. And you may have seen the one where he, uh, they even took it in a movie with Christian Bale, mm-hmm. where he actually did, just for the heck of it, he was always taking two or three women out to a public Yeah, event. like a playboy, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Fancy cars, for no reason. Bought a sports team, I think, one episode, yeah, and then turned I, around and sold it. I, I always felt that the, the concept of Bruce Wayne, like Batman to me is Batman all yep. the time, and Bruce Wayne is his disguise. And so he wears that disguise so that other people underestimate him. Right. They they like, oh he's just a rich millionaire playboy, you know blah blah blah. You know he doesn't give you know a shit one way or the other. Jealousy becomes its own screen. Doesn't doesn't you know uh, doesn't take a hand in his own business. He's not he's not a savvy guy. He just happens to have been born into inheriting this wealth. And I think that that's that's very cool. I think it's a very cool concept, um, and it's one that that you see in at least the second movie. I, uh, and we're talking about the the newer trilogy, the right. Christopher Nolan trilogy. 
in the second film, I think they really do a good job of showing that, that like Bruce Wayne kind of like, oh, he's just a rich guy. He doesn't care. The third one, not so much. The third one, he was like Mr. Recluse injured. And the first one was mostly him learning to be a ninja, you know, right. like going through all that stuff. But in the second one, it was a very traditional look at Bruce Wayne and, you know, all the parties and all the, the you know, fancy clothing and the, the Lamborghini and, right. you let's, know. Let's, let's all swim in the pond. Yeah. Or was it? No, it was that fountain out front and they thought it was a pool yeah. that the women he got <laughs> and everybody wanted to laugh at him. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, that, that that's, I think, one of the best portrayals of, of Batman is that cartoon. Um, there's also, like, different actors that have played him. Uh, I think Christian Bale did a good job playing Bruce Wayne. Right. And I can't say anything about his portrayal of Batman that's, that's really negative, although the voice thing did get kind of grating after a while. But I, I think that at they, least the... Everybody had a voice thing, though. Yeah, everybody did a, a, a pitch change. I right. definitely agree, with the exception of the 1960s television show. Right. There was no... <laughs> Nothing at all. No, no. But that was like a sock hop. Right. Right? Did, right. did you get that feel, too? Like, they were about to go to a beach party at any yeah, minute? Absolutely. And I think that there was a couple... There was at least one episode where that might have happened. Right. Um, but, yeah, definitely that was, was very lighthearted. You know, your villains were these brightly colored, costumed, uh, you know, goofballs. You know, they were bad guys. You know, the penguin. The penguin. He always made that voice with the extra long cigarette. Yep. Weird. See, see the, the one thing that, uh, as far as the movies are concerned, when you have your, you had the first two uh, that the came out in the 80s and the 90s that were made to be very dark, right? But I still felt like they were taking, instead of the comic books, and there may be some truth to this. It was like they were trying to take that television show and turn that television show into in, right into a dark version and of you that. You see that in Batman and Robin. Yeah, actually, well, well the first two. You're right because even the Joker had yeah. too much of a. The Joker, uh, as Kevin Smith would say, he ate the scenery. Right. The the yeah. the Joker was this over the top. Um, I mean, he was Jack Nicholson. It was basically what happens when you take Jack Nicholson and you take the leash off. Right. And you're like, be a crazy person. And he's very Jack Nicholson. Now, I, I love that portrayal of the Joker. I think he did a great job. But the the what boosted the, the value of the first movie to me was, the, was what really fucked up the second movie for me. <laughs> because you had the Penguin who was... I, I don't even really know how to explain what the penguin was in that movie. He was like, what would happen if someone was raised in toxic waste? You know, he was penguins. right. He, he and and it was like this inhuman, literal penguin. You have the penguin. You have Catwoman. You have you have more villain than you have hero. The best villain portrayal, hands down, mm -hmm. is in the video game series. Yeah, that they have hands down. In it, the penguin is not some walking mutant, what have you. Right. The penguin is an arms dealer. Yeah. He's a black market arms dealer who has this thick British accent, which is awesome. And he doesn't have a, a monocle. What he has is a broken bottle that can't be surgically removed or he'll be missing the eye <laughs> that he got in a bad deal. Right. 
You know, there was there was a brawl. He was in it, but he came out on top. And that's sort of Penguin's motif. And I really like that portrayal because Penguin, I'm just kicking everything around. That's all right. And the, and the Penguin was, he's, he's, the, he's really my favorite, front, or at least portrayal of it is in there. Because you can even take the Joker from the video game. Yep. And he's way over the top, also voiced by Mark Hamill for a couple of them. And he's, he's the Joker that you love. and it, But it's hard to deal with because you're playing Batman and you know he's probably around the next corner and something he's right. planning or whatever. It still gets you. Like, you jump a couple times because this guy's just in your face. And real quick, uh, because we're not nearly old enough to have even known this, but... Uh I'm going to go over some of the the movies that have, have been out on Batman. There was a, a Batman film in 1943, <laughs> and there was a Batman and Robin serial in 1949. So there's two before we even found out about the Adam West one. Um, then you have Batman and Batman Returns, which starred Michael Keaton uh, as Batman, and that came out in 89 and 92. So Tim Burton did two Batman films, then... Shit. Okay. Then you had uh, uh, the Mask of the Phantasm, which we know is from the cartoon. And Kevin Conroy played Batman in, in the cartoon. Then you had Batman Forever, which was with Val Kilmer. Now, Batman Forever with Val Kilmer, that was where it started to get really cartoony. Tim Burton's films were very dark, very, very dark gothic, almost... Overly so. Then when Joel Schumacher got in charge, Batman Forever was the one with Poison Ivy. And Robin. Uh, Robin came onto the scene. And so you had Poison Ivy. You had uh, Two-Face. Yep. And you had the Riddler. And all three of those characters were very... I don't even want to say comic book, but was very... Was Schwarzenegger in that one? No, Schwarzenegger's in the next one, which was... Batman and Robin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. With George Clooney. You had Mr. Freeze and you had um somebody else. There there was a couple of villains in that one too. But that's when so the the first one of those with the Batman Forever with Val Kilmer, that one was ridiculous. Yeah. Jim Carrey and Uma Thurman and too many villains, too much bad guy. And that's when you started to get a neon uh Gotham City. And that's when it started to get ridiculous. The next one, Batman and Robin with George Clooney, that's where it got ridiculous. Um, that one, like everything was these giant set pieces. Oh, I'm sorry. That's That was the one with Poison Ivy. I, I must have thrown her in the previous one. Um, so that one was, was Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. And that one is arguably the worst of of the of a, of any Batman, I don't even know how that's arguably that one was horrible. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, bad. And uh, George Clooney, I forgot that George Clooney played him, um, but uh, that was with the nipple bat suits. Yeah, and that one also had uh, what is her name, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> Remember her, Batgirl. Uh, so, yeah, that one. That one's the worst. If you ever, ha if you haven't seen that one, I would actually suggest watching it just because it's so ridiculous. It's like one of those you got to watch it because it's so bad. That's where they just try to blend the comics with with movie, and it doesn't go well. Right. That that's really where that cartoon, or no, not cartoon, but like that '60s television yeah. sh series. The, the, it really seemed to draw heavily from from that. And I mean, that's the secret, right? You take a comic and you're inspired to make a movie. It should not be exactly from the comic because it doesn't go well. 
You know, we've said that a bunch of times. There's a reason why you read a book like, for instance, Game of Thrones, it doesn't translate well into seeing it in live action, right? So they got to do it. What's going to hold entertainment, not just for a group, small group, right. for everybody watching. And still, can we do a nod to it? Of course we can. And you'll see that. And even in, in Christopher Nolan does that amazingly so. That's why he's credited so well. Yeah. Uh, for instance, the Joker, Christopher, Christopher Nolan's Joker was so fantastic for obvious reasons. You know, the actor portrayal of the Joker was amazing, but, you know, it was written somewhere. And it was directed in such a light that you sat there and went, how can this guy exist? He just seemed like he was a force of nature. There right. wasn't anything you could do about it. And Batman was no exception. And I think, I think that's why that sticks in the head of everybody. Because honestly, that is what made Batman mainstream beyond what it already was. Mm -hmm. Like you always have seen, it just seemed like every couple years or so, Batman film. You know, a new animated series with Batman. It just yep. wasn't going away. But they made that film, and I heard just about everybody couldn't stop talking about it. Oh, got to own it, got to own it all, got to watch it four times. Yeah. You know, it was going to happen. And I think that's what it was, is just what you said, was that, you know, you take something that's a comic, and you don't make it exactly like the comic. Right. You got to make right. it a movie portrayal. Well, and, and Batman 2, I think, um, maybe even more so than Superman, is really kind of a cultural icon. And, you know, I, I think that that character has been portrayed in so many different ways that if you took a you know if you took nine out of ten people nine out of ten people would go yeah i like batman but they'd have a completely different reason why right you know um i, th I thought it was interesting that that you said that um like batman was like marvel's answer to the punisher i actually think it's the other way around i think the punisher is marvel's answer to the batman he's like a working class batman you know, if let's say he didn't have, he doesn't have the scruples that Batman has, and he doesn't have the willingness to play within the system that Batman has. I feel like Marvel took that concept of that character and went, you know, what if we took like a Vietnam vet whose parents or who, whose family rather was murdered by the mob? You know, same general concept, except it happened to him in adulthood before he had the opportunities to develop those those scruples. And we just took out all the nonsense. We take out all the the justice. Uh, you know, we take out all, you know, that concept. And lo and behold, instead of a bat, you have a skull, you know, but you still have a guy who's, you know, he's not on the, he's not really on the level of Batman as far as his intellect uh, he's not on the level of Batman as far as means is concerned, but he's the kind of guy that you would put in Hell's Kitchen, you know, instead of a city like Gotham. So I can see the parallels. I never, I never doubted Punisher's being. They don't come out and say he's a genius at all, and I get that. Right, but I think they're wrong. Well, he's not. He's not. Uh, when I say genius, I mean if you take Batman and the and the core concept of Batman, Batman is supposedly the world's greatest detective before he's anything else he's the world's greatest detective he's basically the sherlock holmes of the modern era the punisher not so much the punisher is a they man of instinct they don't fun they don't focus on that well i mean with the punisher because how does right. he find all the people he does we have no idea and he takes on shield and right. he hunts down people like we're talking Neil yeah. in the haystack Right. Right. And he knows the people to help him get the tech and the info to do it. As and well. I, I only mean from the concept of what the, 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 the characters kind of focused on, you know, or, or what the, the comic book companies, when they write the character, how they kind of promote that concept. Because nobody really gives a damn that Batman's a detective. 
And that's fair. Because if somebody wants to say, Batman has a detective, right? Right. He has a whole department. And he already has detectives that work with him, so you're not interested in that. It's right. Batman the Vigilante, right? Because that's what he is, right? Well, I mean, that's that's one perspective on it. You know, I mean, everybody like I, the what I, the point I was trying to make, I think I completely skipped over, was if you you know the nine out of ten people when everybody has a different reason why they like him, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who go, man, I really like that part of the character. Oh you no, know? that's 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 an uncontestable. I get that. It's it the it's not even just it's just. I'm just saying that when it comes to DC versus Marvel, well, I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Marvels because I'm an adult. And that's that's honestly why <laughs> no, DC I, DC's kid gloves. I don't disagree with you at all. DC's uh, kid gloves, and and even so far as looking at the the television shows, the reason why I haven't really gotten sucked into Gotham, and the one thing that I can criticize having only sort of vaguely watched it was that it, it seems very soap opery. You know, it seems very. Um, I, I don't know what the proper word for it would be, but... Uh, it seems WB. It definitely has a WB feel to it. That's what you're feeling. Well, and and <laughs> which makes sense because Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. Right. So why wouldn't they put their own shit on their own channel? You know, same thing with The Flash and The Arrow and, you know... And I'm not criticizing the shows by any means. It's just what I've seen, I was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You know? Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith's on the show, too. And I really feel feel they just made they just made a character for her to portray, and it's one of those characters that you I find myself wanting to shoot myself in the face <laughs> every time she's on there. Not because her acting's bad; she's amazing. Yeah, and she will drown out a lot of people that she is playing. You don't understand how Falcone is the crime boss in that show when she's there. She's way more intelligent the way they write her, and she sells strength. She is a character of strength. Doesn't need nearly the amount of manpower that everybody else is using. And they even show later on in the first season where they could, they put her literally in, in hell. Mm-hmm. And she comes out on top. And how she comes out on top. And that is something that's a credit to the actress. It has nothing to do with the fact that her character is <sighs> super special to, to Gotham. Right. It's just the actress. Her ability to portray that character. You can tell where they were going to throw, you know, get her off the show, where that show freaked out. They were losing Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, you can't kill her. You got to find a way you get, you get, fine, we'll get, we'll get her off of her game, but, you know, to follow that, but we got to get her back somehow. And they do. And they keep it going. I, I do know that when you do stuff like that, like when you talk about, you know, t- a, a company wants to portray a certain thing for their audience, they're used to it. The WB is known for, Having high drama, high romance, and you know they always got to have. A, this is what annoys me. This annoys Bob. Mm-hmm. Romance in real life is nothing like it is on TV. Never will be. Never has been. Yet they keep going to the well to try to show <laughs> you these romances. They keep trying to tell you, oh, it's out there. Just any. No, it doesn't. Case in point: If I'm dating and I'm just gonna be, if I'm Commissioner Gordon, okay, and he's not commissioner yet. If I'm a detective and I'm in inner city Chicago and I'm dating a girl. That has such deep pockets that she has one art gallery that's quasi successful, but she owns a loft that's at least an easy $450,000 loft, right? Mm-hmm. That she's just in. It's her. She owns it. And she could just hang out, do whatever she wants, and has that. And to date her, I have to live with her. And I'm crying about that one, folks. It's boohoo. That's, that's who I'm with. 
Like, not just from a financial perspective, but she's gorgeous. She completely got this wealth. Right. I'm there with her. And she's like, the whole time, you know, oh, Bob, I love you for you. You're a detective that's great and you're good and blah, blah, blah. And the show just does whatever it can to show you that, oh, well, she only has Gordon because she's a lesbian. Oh, yeah. That, you know, see, she's sort of bisexual right, would be right. the term. It, 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 all these things that you're talking about are literally times I've walked in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is up with that? Okay. Like, why do I care? She, I'm not against someone who's bisexual or even lesbians. I don't care. Right. Do you. But when I'm watching a TV show, when something happens that has no relevance to or, what's going on. It seems egregious. Why? Right. It's it's like, what does it add to the story? And when you look at it, you can see where they're like, well, we want to appeal to this audience. And we right, want to appeal right. to that audience. For sure. For sure. You know, and they keep doing that. I mean, I don't, I get that, but I'm like, it's not, to me, it's not an excuse. Right. I want to take that excuse away from them. Right. Don't get in the way of good writing or portraying a good show or a good film because you want to appeal to everybody. You, number one, you can't. Right? Right. You take a character like Batman, just like you said. I couldn't have taken that earlier because my brain was trying to formulate a way. I have it now. I don't feel that there's, you know, everyone can have an opinion about anything that's that's there. But I think Batman really, it's, this is what he did. This is who he's about. This is what he does. And 10,000 ways you can like the guy. Not contesting that. But what I am saying when I was looking at that versus Frank Castle. Right. Why it's, it's peas and carrots. They're both vegetables. Does that make sense? Yep. Just some people like peas, some people like carrots. I'm a peas kind of guy. To me, Frank Castle's peas. Mm. You know, staple to go with any meal. Mm. My man, you're preaching to the choir here. And, right. Mm. And so when I think when I think of that dude, when I think of a vigilante, it's like Marvel went, no, a vigilante does this. He's not a he's not a friend of the police. Right. They can think all you want to, but he's he's quite the opposite. Well, yeah. Whereas DC makes Batman, oh thank God Batman's here. Oh thank right. God Batman's on the I, case. I feel like I feel like the DC seems to have kind of done everything first. You know what I mean? Yep. But Marvel has had this uncanny ability, whether it's for good or for ill, you know, in your personal perspective on creativity, where they'll take a concept that DC's come up with and they'll go, you know, something's off about this. Something doesn't quite work. There's a, I think there's a way we could do it better. Right. And they take it, they repackage it, they retell it, and there are similarities Often, you know, conclusions can be drawn, you know, whether you come down to vigilante or guy that runs really fast or guy that uh, can control sea creatures. There's all these parallels. But I've always felt that Marvel's portrayal was just better. (laughs) It it was just just better, just more entertaining. To be fair, let's say we'll do it close to home. I'm terrible Mm -hmm. with analogies. Stick to what I know. You came up with a great idea with this show, mm-hmm. right? It's amazing. I enjoy it a lot. And duh, you do too. It's why you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we invested time, effort, all that stuff. If so you turn around and one of your friends came out with a show because you did it, mm-hmm. and they came on the show a couple times, and, and their show was better. Mm-hmm. By better meaning they had like different equipment or a different way of doing right. it or a different topic and just a team of people saw the mistakes that were made. That's not something to be boohoo jealous about no not at that's all that's something to say that you're the giant <clears throat> whose shoulders they stood on to get better and right. then your turn would be to see how they're doing and how they do it yep. turn and do the same thing i think that's exactly what dc and marvel is yeah dc older i'm assuming yeah dc's been around for so ever. right and because of <clears throat> that naturally you have a maverick which is how marvel had to be seen come up with all this stuff saying we can do it better well cool you had fresh talent a fresh right. way of looking at it and you had all this material to pull from right. and it makes sense but that's why i always say and maybe you disagree but dc and marvel should combine 
I never thought I understand competition is what breeds, you know, right. one side liking the other that helps keep it alive. But I always felt that DC stuff where it may be older or what have you, there's stuff they haven't even attempted or mind and maybe Marvel has the same thing because Marvel has a habit of just rehashing stuff too. Oh yeah, they, I mean, yeah, look, it's it's a simple concept. If you do anything for more than 10 years, eventually you're going to be you're going to start recycling. You 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 would you do something for 30, 40, 50 years? How do you not? You know, I mean, look right. at look at all. To me, comic books are like soap operas for kids. You know what I mean? Yep. Same same way as like wrestling is soap operas for dudes. Uh, and I mean this in no shape or fashion to you know marginalize anybody's interests. I got all kinds of them. But when you think of the stereotype, you think wrestling is is soap operas for dudes. Soap operas are soap operas for women. It's there's only so much stuff you can write. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and most of these, these soap operas have been around for 40, 50 years. Right. And, you know, how do you, you, you have an episode a day for 50 years. How do you not recycle content? How I do you a, not retell stories? I ran a live action game every Saturday for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could tell you when you even asked me that question, where do you keep coming up with this stuff? I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's just I'm sitting there and you you would think, I mean, just speaking from my experience, it came down to having good stories mm -hmm. already in place right. that weren't fully developed or fully explored. Right. And then to go back to the well and then see if I could tell it better. Right. Or tell it different. Oh, or and, make it and, and also, thing. like for you, uh, uh, or for, for a storyteller, let's just take a storyteller who runs a large game. You have this thing where you'll come up with a concept for a story or a storyline for a player, right? And you'll have all this stuff kind of ironed out in your head or on paper, however your process works. And that player just stops coming. And now you go, <laughs> I have a full story that's never been developed. You know, am I going to let it fall to the wayside because this one schmuck here decided he didn't want to come to the game anymore? Or am I going to go, okay, let's put that back in the well. <laughs> and then three months down the road, six months down the road, a year down the road, I can start this over with somebody else and see where it leads then. Right. And that's, that's the beauty part about being a storyteller for a game is that your story can constantly evolve while you're telling it. Whereas, you know, with other mediums, with comic books or with television or, you know, anything like that, once you start telling the story, that's where you are. It's set in stone. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so everybody, kind everybody, <laughs> everybody can look at that and go, well, you know, I was watching that episode of Gotham and they started this, this storyline. Well, where did it go? You know, there, but as a, as a storyteller in a game, you're not going to have a bunch of people go, dude, he started this storyline and then just fucking pissed it away. I feel that there's a, there's an element that even the WB has used over and over. For instance, we can look at Batman and we could transition to the supernatural. Right. You may be wondering how in the hell are those related, I will add. Sam and Dean Winchester, brothers, right? right. That's unique. But combined, they're super detectives, are they not? Yeah. They they find these obscure references in the news right. and what have you about terrible things that have happened. And, and another big part of it is resources as well. Yep. You know, they have resources that others don't. And their well, their resources come from well, they're they're thieves. <laughs> right they're thieves they found a way to live off the off the grid yeah. no i mean i mean who they are I, I get what you mean by that i i meant like human resources like uh yes like people that they can go to that is an expert in this field or you know 
But you can watch how that show, they launched the first season, and the first season, everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. And then you can see how they went, holy shit, what are we going to do? Right. Because I don't think anybody, even Jensen Ankles, you know, and whatnot, they, they thought it was going to be anything more than one season. No. It was so huge that I, it's, you could literally watch by the second season how they went, okay, add the filler. We now got to make sense as to why all this is going on. We now got to add all this stuff. You know, we're not just hunting down the thing that killed their parents. We got to have reason as to why these two. Right. Why these brothers. <clears throat> and then they pulled in writer after writer after writer until they got something that stuck. And what I mean by writer after writer, from what I understand, they, they more or less still had the original writers. It's just they made them now fill in the blanks and dot the I's, cross the T's and all that. Uh, I don't really like – I don't – I don't find enjoyment looking up the backstory of a show. Right. I do like looking and going, something went on here. Right. Because Sam and Dean go from where they are to all of a sudden they have backup. Well, let me tell you how I feel about that show, like my perspective on it, because I get where you're coming from. What what I feel, and this is just a quick point, is that every season they've been like, well, this could be the last one. And then when it's not, they go, shit. Uh <laughs> How do we top what we just did last season? You know, when you basically when you have these kind of like every season is coming to a head with this earth shattering, you know, world changing event, you have to always kind of be bringing something more to the table, always be topping it. Well, when you have basically when you're when your plot is, uh oh, it's the end of the world. What do you do after that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like how do you continue? And I think that, in all fairness, when I watch, I I am a genuine supernatural fan. I enjoy the hell out of that show. But the reason why I enjoy the hell out of that show is very simple. The car. Well, no, but that's that's a reason. <laughs> I like the car, but no, the the main reason why I like that show so much is because I don't really think about it a lot. It's it's not a thinking man show. And it shouldn't be. It's not trying to be that. And that to me is why it can be so enjoyable is because don't put a lot of thought into it. It's you have, definitely no blacklist. Right. You you have you have characters that are interesting. You have events that are interesting. You have but but at the end of the day, it's it's just a silly show about hunting monsters. Right. You know, and, and to me, that's that's they found their niche. I'm mad you called it a silly show, but that's all right. Well, I think all shows are a little silly. You How know, dare you? Um, Sam and Dean are out there right now, saving the world for you to live in, keeping you from the darker things. I'm just saying. When when Gosh. when they when they transitioned into uh, they did that thing where basically Sam and Dean Winchester existed in the real world. Right. And they were like they came to the real world and interacted with the actors that portray them. I was like, this show is brilliant. The show clearly doesn't take itself very serious. No, not at all. And and that's why I enjoy it. If it took itself too serious, it you know it wouldn't it would, have broke the fourth wall. Right, right. It, it, but if it took itself too seriously, I would watch it and go, ugh, ugh, you know, I just can't get it. Yeah, ugh. But it doesn't, you know. They're fun. It's a it's a happy, interesting show with very dark uh, undertones. But if you watch WB's pattern, you can see it. Like from watching Green Arrow, which by the way, Green Arrow is a decent enough show. But I feel I've watched it because I like the supernatural. Mm-hmm. It may sound weird, but I'm not talking. I'm not talking every detail thematically. Right? right. There is a hero who's had something dark happen. He's trying to stop something dark, but he's not a good guy. Right. Same thing with Sam and D. Right? Right. Same thing. Same thing with Batman. Right. 
right? Gotham, <clears throat> even Jim Gordon in Gotham is not squeaky clean, which is astounding. Will blow people away because the whole comic, even in the movies, he's a guy who's never done anything wrong. That's why Batman's like them. But they even make Bruce Wayne a little dirty. You know, and right. that's and that's it. It's like they try to, you know, okay, we got to make believable characters. We'll dirty them up a bit, right? But only a little bit, and translate that to TV well for that audience. Um, just a question for my edification. It's just one season that's that's yeah. up. How many episodes are in a season? It's like twenty-two. Is season wow. one? That's that's rough. Yeah, and they're not they're not half-hour episodes either. I think they're forty-five. Right. So they're they're for all intents and purposes full-hour episodes. Right. That's rough. That that's that's a company. Warner Brothers was like, "We're doing this. You're all in. Here's your 22 episodes. Figure it out. And make it great." Well, season two, I think, is about the air, and Adam was telling me that it's all about villains. Yeah, it's called Rise of the Villains. I think is the title of season two. Yeah, and that's great because you start seeing at the end of this season. I only got two left, two two episodes of it, where it's like, "Oh, okay, that's obvious." Like I could see we're about to have the Riddler. We're about to have you know the Penguin straight up. And that's that's cool. That's two of it. But they have Victor Zaz in the show, who last I checked was supposed to be a serial killer and uh-huh. isn't yet. But it's it's the beginning. I guess he's gestating. I have no rule. Right. They have the doll man in it, which if any of you have ever heard of the doll man, to my to my excuse me to my recollection, he's completely different. He's he's not what I thought because he he's was. he's in uh, the latest uh, Arkham game, right? The doll man? Yeah. No. I thought he was the one that like, uh, and forgive me, my knowledge. You mean the, the pig face guy? Yeah. Not he's the same. not not the same guy. Okay. No, it's different. Well, that's why I like um, the the video game so much is because really Gotham. I guess I guess it's because Gotham. Period. It's endless to pick up these villains. Yeah. That have a similar like they 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 seem that they're the same, but then they have very different details. Yeah. Well, I mean, still make it interesting. Reference seventy five years of <laughs> of, right. of of writing material. Um, I uh, by my uh, by admission, I'm no expert on Batman. I mean, I. I know certain things, you know, I, but I'm not, I don't know every detail. I'm not. It's I Sean Johnson. Right. I haven't nerded out on Batman. Sean Johnson above anybody. And that says a lot. Ray knows a lot about DC. Mm-hmm. But Sean John is a fanatic yeah. of Batman. Like him and his brother go to Comic-Con and he minds Batman. That's that's what he do. Right. And that's that's that. And even listening to him, um, even the stories about Arkham and whatnot, and you, and you hear him out, he, he loses me. That that's hard to do. I mean, we're nerding it up to something we both like, and I'm obviously I gotta right. Gotta you get feel a remedial over, it, and I'm like, wow, dude, that's you're a dork, right? You know, it's, it's oh, absolutely. It, so. um, did did they introduce a Joker yet? They did, and Gotham. Oh my God, their their Joker in one episode. He's there for thirty seconds. Was the was he was the reason for the whole series? Yeah, because I, I saw that YouTube video. I just wasn't sure if that was from this season or if it was that like YouTube a- video. I, it's got to have millions of hits because that guy I would love to see play Joker in an actual film. Right, he does so amazing with it in the show. And I've had people contest me, tell me that's not the Joker. I was like, you're full of shit. That's that's the, I use that strongly. Poo poo. <laughs> because there's there's no way the guy has the laugh he has the look he has the grin the insidiousness the portrayal of emotion he's able to go hot and cold in that one scene from being a guy who's broken up that his mom is killed and oh my god to then they accuse him no it was you you know it was you and then he's like meh right you caught me 
And then they're like, oh, and your dad's some freaking psychic circus guy. What? And then he has a meltdown about that and then starts laughing at the at, at everything, at the bigger picture. And it's very ominous because you don't know what he's laughing at. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't get it? My mother was a drunken whore. A naggy. Yeah. What, what does he say? The quote? It's it, This is why him laughing, I, I'm going to try to do it. So I guess I'm paraphrasing. He says, you know, you can be a whore and you can be a drunken whore. Oh, but to be a nagging drunken whore. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he killed her. I was like, wow, I was floored. And then he starts laughing about it. And I can't mimic that guy's laugh for him. No, it. he does an amazing job. He, um, I'm looking him up now because I, um, there's a couple of other things that he's, he's in. And he's also very good in. And I don't want to leave that out so give me just one second like i would adore seeing him like i understand you know Heath ledger did an amazing joker Mm -hmm. that guy's a contender he's easily a contender and he's a contender in the sense of there's a traditional joker to him like Heath ledger will admittedly kind of reinvented the joker and in the way he portrayed them the way they gave it to him and kind of did his thing or nolan or whoever inspired i really think ledger gave breathed life into the role I think that kid, when you find him and look him up just from that scene, get him in. And by the way, I still feel in Suicide Squad. If they're really trying to tell me that's the Joker, yeah, I, I don't know what to think anymore. Uh, that's yeah, you know, I, I'm going to reserve all my opinions. Um, uh, it, it doesn't to me doesn't look like the Joker. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know, you know, how they're telling that story. And I've heard a lot of fan speculation on the internet, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll wait and see. You know, I will I will watch the film and I'll reserve. And I, I say the same thing in regards to the Batman versus Superman film. Um, I'm a little leery about it. Uh, I think most people are a little leery about Ben Affleck, but I Here's feel more importantly, are they going to get your money? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they'll either get my, I don't know, I don't know if I'll see him in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't make that distinction. I would like to, but we'll see, you know, finances being what they are, time being what it is, who knows. But um, yeah, I, I will definitely see them. Uh, I'm interested in Ben Affleck as Batman, as Bruce Wayne. Uh, when I first heard about it, I was like, eh whatever you know i wasn't i didn't have like any major emotional meltdown about it I, you know i'm not i'm not that attached to the character to go oh god he's gonna fuck it up i'm not either i don't think i don't think you need to be but i think back to that point of that joker and suicide squad just that release alone yeah if i hadn't seen it and you told me they got an i got an aspect of him in here you should check it out uh-huh. they should have left it at that right because by you seeing it beforehand i have such a foul taste in my mouth it's, it's not even funny because to me, the, the look is part of who the Joker is. Yeah, I agree. Um, a, you know, that's how you buy into that guy. That's not, otherwise, it's like a dude possessed by the Joker. Like, what are you trying to do? Well, that's that's one of the fan theories is that it's like Jason Todd or something like that. That it's well, it's it's not actually the Joker. It's it's, it's the Red Hood. Right, because he has the J in his head and right. whatnot, which is what the Joker actually put there on Jason Todd, which they held it in the cartoon show. Mm-hmm. They had it in the comic. It makes, it makes sense yeah. that that would be Jason Todd taking over so to speak yeah and the, the only way he knows how now fantastic and i'm okay with that then but that has to be it but i've seen i've seen to the contrary too yeah well and my concept or my problem with that that idea is that we haven't established that 
that Robin even exists in the kind of newer cinematic, uh, you know, Batman mythos. So there's really no frame of reference. That that's I think for me the biggest issue I have with the Warner Brothers DC movies is that. I feel like they saw what Marvel is doing and Marvel's done a great, a a peerless job of creating a world that all of these characters exist in. They've created a mythos within it, you know, where if they make reference to something, it's because it's either going to show up or it already has showed up. And with Warner Brothers, it was like they had huge success with the Dark Knight movies. And they had this new Superman movie that came out. And they were like, okay, that did well. You know, think what you want about the movie. It did well financially. And they were like, shit, we have all these characters and all these intellectual properties. And we need to make money off of them. And we need to start putting out these movies. So, all right, let's just hodgepodge it together. <laughs> you know, so so they kind of have disregarded the old Batman. But unfortunately, there are still people in this day and age that don't know what we know. And I don't consider us DC experts at all. No. But in comparison to the average person who's only ever watched movies, their only frame of reference for comic books is movies. I think they need to do a little bit better job of tightening up the the ropes you know putting putting stuff together so that it makes a little bit more sense and again marvel i think has done an amazing job with that and marvel stuff is all everything is is bound together their tv shows are bound together their movies are bound together everything is interconnected and that's to me, that's always been like a major draw of comic oh, books. Yeah. It's a you you have this world and all these things are interacting. You know, the Agents of Shield. I will admit, I powered through mm-hmm. like a champ yeah. because I loved watching how it added up to the movies. Yep, and how it how it gave more than head nods and like you had to watch the TV show before the movie, right? To truly get in the movie, why there were people next to me in the theater going, "Oh, that was in the right." What annoyed me? It did annoy me to be watching a movie going, "Oh, I missed something." <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. And then I had to go back to right. see what it was, but, but that's, it was cool. Right. But that's the important thing, too, is that you don't necessarily have to do that. No, you don't. Because you're, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. But, but I will say this. It was more enjoyable that I did. Right. I was going to say your viewing experience wasn't diminished at the time of watching it because no. of that. Um, I, you know, and I, I, that's the thing. Like, I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. But uh, I'm like the Cliff Notes guy. If I didn't get a chance to see it. See, I, I still haven't even seen uh, Age of Ultron yet. Right. But I already know what happened in the movie. Everything. <laughs> because, you know, like I said, I'm a Cliff Notes guy. Like, I didn't get to watch it. Well, I better go figure it out. I'll go read a thing on Wikipedia or listen to a podcast. Somebody... It also feels like it takes freaking forever for anything to get released. To... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't have time to go to the theater. You don't have the money to go to the theater. Yeah. I, I think it either just got released or is about to be released. I think it's October 2nd, maybe, that Age of Ultron gets released on DVD. And then hopefully we'll get a chance to see it. Um, but uh, I, I really think that the world needs to give it the program as far as like movie releases are concerned. Yeah. Just let me pay and watch it right from home. I honestly feel that for most people anyway, most parents... It's the age group gets less and less and less going to the theater nowadays. It's really like junior high to high school. That's their bar. Right. 
That's what they do. They go out there. Because whenever I go to the theater, I feel I'm too old for it. <laughs> because you're in there, you're like, oh, man, maybe right. there's like whatever. You know, and someone will say, oh, well, it's, it's not. Because when I'm looking around at the price of popcorn, candy, soda, any adult with sense in their head yeah. goes, F this. Yep. Right? And then you're paying, you know, for the ticket and what have you. And now theaters are designed to sit and eat. Right. They want they let me Because they want to draw you in. They're, well, it's not even draw you in. You're going to give me home comfort. Mm-hmm. Right with me being able to sit here, right, and you're gonna bring my drinks and food to me. I just order them on the fly in the dark, and I'm gonna relax. And it's this cool recliner chair. They give you a recliner chair now, yeah. but there's a big screen and all the sound. And to me, it's like, or I could just be at home and pay the price for the ticket and eat whatever I want. There, it's same right. same thing. There are arguments in favor and against, and you know, movie theaters don't want to go out of business. <laughs> no business ever wants to crumble. Right. You know, and so they have had tried to be more creative in ways of drawing you into the theater, or at least keeping you comfortable in the theater. Right. Um, but and let's face it, they're not going to go out of business because there's big time dollars. Right. Made in it. There's a reason why something in one weekend can make hundred million dollars. Right. Right. Yep. After all the shows and tickets and all that other stuff. So I mean, I get it. I get that whole thing. I know why it won't. I'll still go to the theater. I still do. Uh, but the fact is, is, you know, I could see what you said, get with the program and kind of modernize it. Right. And, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of legal blockades and different businesses and different money exchanging hands. And but I, I really feel like if if I had the option to go to the theater and pay 10 bucks for the ticket or stay at home and just buy it off the Internet for 20. Like, I'd rather do that. And I feel like if I pay a little bit more. To watch it at home, but I get to keep it, and I can watch it as many times as I want. Uh, you know, and there's got to be some way for you to monitor that or monetize that, whatever. Yeah. But give, get, make me pay the twenty bucks. I'll own it. You're making more than you would have from the ticket. Who gives a rat's ass what the theater makes? Because that's not your business; that's theirs. And you get a little bit extra. And it's not like I'm going to have eighty people in my house. You know, I'm sure that there would be some people that would try to do some shit like that. Like, hey, come to my house. Instead of paying 10 bucks a ticket, you can pay $2 at the door. But guess what? The general public's not doing that. That's not something that they would do. So I just feel like I wish that there was a way to do that. I hope someday there is. Oh, yeah. I would definitely spend a lot more money than I do. All right. <laughs> well, you know, so there's that. But uh, I don't know. So we talked about your favorite portrayal. We talked about the first time. What else is there to talk about as far as Batman's concerned? Uh, could talk about the Joker. Uh, that sounds know, good. I don't know. I don't know how in depth, but um, you well, think about, <laughs> if we start, it will happen. <laughs> right. So when you think about the concept of the Joker, good old, you know, like one movie you had him Jack Napier, you know, and all that fun stuff. And TV shows him a different name entirely, which I, I get. Um, it's the point of the Joker as a villain. And I think his mystery is what makes that character. He's just a thing of chaos. Right. And the less defined he is, the more enjoyable the character is. I think that the Joker in the movie, for even the Nolan side, you know, when he everyone's trying to get him to, hey, you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. You know, it's it's a thing he uses to, to kind of get at people when nine times out of ten. My gut instinct is he did it to himself. That That's my gut. He did it to himself because the guy is that... Oh, how shocking would it be 
You know what I mean? Because right. nobody would ever guess that you would do something so tragic to you, and and that's that. And he has that heartfelt story that his dad did it, you know, always a poke towards the pe- fact that, yes, he came from a bad upbringing. Yes, the world did horrible things to him. Or was he just born that way? Yep. Well, it, that's uh, arguably, and I use that word again, arguably my favorite portrayal of the Joker is uh, from uh, The Dark Knight. And I think that it is probably the best portrayal because not only do they not tell you anything about him, but guess what? They're never going to. Right. I mean, you know, it's a tragedy that Heath Ledger died, but at the same time, for the story, it really wasn't. It's it's terrible. I mean, you you can't ever replace a guy. The guy passed away, but they can never explain where he came from, who he was. He'll never be in another movie. You know, the Joker will, undoubtedly. Obviously, we got him coming up in Suicide Squad. Right. And he's not that Joker. And hopefully they don't try to make him that Joker. That's number one mistake. If they if they try to make him Heath Ledger's character, it's going to suck. <laughs> because you you can't. You can't make him that guy. Just as Heath Ledger didn't try to be Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson was that benchmark that had been set. You know, he was in that movie. And what really is weird to me, or interesting... Is every one of those films, it's a one-shotter. The Joker's there, and then he's never... And, and we know the Joker is like Batman's the yin to his yang. Right. He's always there, whether he's in prison or he's in Arkham Asylum or whatever. He's always there. He's always there tormenting Batman. Even in the, the new Arkham... Is it Arkham City is the new one? Right. Even in the video game, he his character died. But he's still in Batman's head. He's still there. You know, right. it's like you can't. You, 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 he's he's like that that penny, that bad luck penny. You <laughs> just can't get rid of it. Every time you turn around, it's in your pocket again. I really enjoy uh, that idea that he's in his head because it hammers home the fact that you don't you don't have Batman without the Joker. Yep, you you don't. Batman at that point retires because anybody else that comes out after him, he feels someone can handle it. Someone would be able to deal with it. And I, he doesn't say that. He doesn't ever say that. Right. But I feel that he had, you know, there was multiple Robins. You had Nightwing, uh-huh. right? And then the Robin he, and at least at that point that he that he has, could definitely grow to to handle these problems because he's old. Yep. You know, Bruce Wayne gets old, and that's one of the coolest aspects about Batman is that he's not victimless from crime. You know, it ages him as much as it does anybody else. Yep. And for him, it's more tragic because what's going to happen to his body at a certain age? Multiple bone fractures, worn down time, jumping off buildings, great heights, <coughs> impacts, ruined back, spine. I'm learning about all that shit myself yep. on a personal level. And everything you put your body through when you're able to put yourself through, your body shows when you're older as it can't do what a normal person would be able to do. And so... I think that makes it amazing in terms of, you know, the the Joker entirely. Yep. Or excuse me, in, for Bruce Wayne entirely. When it comes to the Joker, I like how the Joker won't get to age. I like oh. how that's not in him to do that. Yep. You know what I mean? Because that character, not just the makeup, not just what he does, he's a comet, right? He's going to come once once every so often he comes <laughs> right. around right. and he's going to burn himself out. That's that. He's there and he's gone. And that's the point of the character. He's a force some, of nature. Yeah. And anybody who likes that, like to break that down, his psychosis, right? Just the way he is, it's like a pit bull. Yeah. It's like a rabid pit bull, or it's not. And it really depends on whimsy. Yeah. 
Yeah, just whatever. No one's safe. He has Harley Quinn. What they don't tell you is the abusive relationship that Joker has with Harley Quinn. You kind of see it. Right. That's another example we were talking about earlier about uh, comics being influenced by the other mediums. Yeah. Harley Quinn wasn't originally in the comic books. She was created for that cartoon. Yeah. And then they loved it so much they wrote it in. Right. You know, I, I think that that's, that shit's always cool. Harley um, Quinzel. But uh, the the Joker... Um, I'm just I'm concerned. My, <laughs> I'm just concerned about that Suicide Squad. The oh more yeah. we've been talking about it, oh yeah. the more concerned I am about what how that's going to be portrayed. But um, I I think that they do an especially good job in the Dark Knight of exploring that character without exploring it. Really, for the for the novice, for the layman, for someone who's not into the comic books, the way that Heath Ledger portrays that character, you know, here's a guy that does he have a plan? He says he doesn't, but does he? Right. Is he lying? Is he, you know, a guy could not get done what he got done without a plan, but yet at the same time, you can't anticipate where he where he's going. Why is he doing what he's doing? You know, he they they do they do a great little thing on the internet where they talk about like the different portrayals of a Joker and like what they are. And that Joker is very much the anarchist, the causing havoc to bring down the structure, you know, robs all these mobsters. And what does he do? Does he spend that money? And he sits it on fire. Right. You know, so is he against crime? Well, no, he's not because he's committing crimes. Right. He's very openly committing them and, and showing no sympathy, robbing banks, try, you know, trying to make that correlation. Here's the criminals. Here's the here's the the innocents. Someone's going to kill each other. Someone's going to do it. Who's going to do it? Right. Why? For what? To make a point. What's that point? I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there's a point there. It's up to you to interpret it. <laughs> I really think that he he did say. I remember the boat mm-hmm. scene when he's on there. Is that and the point was that these people will eat them eat, eat each other alive, right? Right. Right. When it comes down to it for survival, that they would, and that's despite. And, and now, what are you doing, Brucey? Right. Now, what are you doing? Right. That it doesn't matter how good you are. People are not black and white. Is the point? They are chaos, right? And they're just like him. Right, and he outlines that, that and that's that's part of the reason why it saddens me. I I kind of feel like they establish towards the end of that movie that the Joker feels like he couldn't, he he can't exist without Batman. Right, and Batman, you know, the focus becomes on him. Like I'm giving you a reason, I'm giving you that drive, and then of course, you know, terrible yeah. tragedy. We'll never be able to explore that further. But that was the one letdown I had about that movie. Was that at the end, we don't even really know what happened to the Joker. Right. We don't did he go to prison? Did he escape? Did they find out who he was? We'll never know. The assumption was Arkham. Right. That and, and, and that's that. that's the assumption. But in those movies, I don't really even You're think not. they ever talk about Arkham. No, they don't. They don't even mention it. Well, you know, I kinda and you know it's there because you have all these people running amok. Right. You know it's there. It has right. to have well, been we there know it's there. Right. We, we know it's we there. We who watched it, yes, know right. it's there somewhere because it's part of the genre. Right. There wouldn't be an existence of half those people otherwise. Right. But, you know, the fact that I agree with you that it's there, it's not. But something you said that kind of brought in minds, I think the reason why I find Joker so likable, and especially, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker, is the fact of that chaotic element that to, to, to call it what it is, I think human beings have put far too much tr- stress on safe and believing they're safe. 
Yeah. That we have police, we're safe. We have a government, we're safe. We're safe where we are in America. We're the sole superpower. We're okay. We're safe. We have all these liberties and we're safe to do it. And that's turning a naked eye to it yeah. is what that is. That's not staring it in the face and seeing it for what it is. Also, for every person that walks around thumbing their nose, I would never do that to someone. It's a complete lie. You've never been in a situation. The circumstance is never warranted. Uh, right. You doing that to someone else. Yeah. yeah. There's I mean, a reason why in an impoverished neighborhoods, uh-huh. crime is higher. When you're not put into a position to test that theory, you can't really say it's all speculatory. That's like when people talk about what they would do in the, if they got into a fight. Oh, if I was there, I'd have punched that guy. But you don't know that. You don't, even in that situation, even if you've been in a dozen fights before, you can have a plan. But when chaos hits, you don't know. Right. You don't know. You know. So, um, I just hope that that. It somewhat the the Suicide Squad looks cool. It looks like it will be a very entertaining movie. And the one thing that I like about what I've seen so far from the previews is that it doesn't look as uh, like all the DC movies, with the exception of the Nolan movies mm-hmm. that I've seen. They all seem like they have this filter on them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like a, like a color saturation. Like a everything's like blue toned. You know. <laughs> yeah. And this one doesn't really seem like that. It seems more. You know, like legitimate, like the colors are legitimately in in the film and not honestly, it's not seems, filtered. Having read Suicide Squad, it seems mm-hmm. very similar. Like honestly, like to watch it happen is like don't read the comic; you can see the movie. <laughs> well, you know, and who knows? We'll wait and see. But uh, I, I like the the actress that's playing Harley Quinn. I think is probably one of the most beautiful women in the whole freaking world. And that was. Uh, Ah, uh, what the hell is her name? Margot something. She was she was uh she was the wife in The Wolf of Wall Street. She was she's she's an incredibly hot woman. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And I, I'm not normally the type to be like, oh, I want to see that because she's hot. But Christ, she's gorgeous. Let's just be frank. And then Will Smith is a bad guy. Like if if he is a bad guy, I don't know. But uh that that looks interesting to me. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in seeing that, and I do want to see Superman versus Batman. I do. Uh, I I am very excited about that. I'm kind of repeating myself at this point, but um, the the previews have have kind of you know lured me in because when it when they first launched them, I was like, what do I care? Stupid Superman, stupid Batman. Uh, I kind of felt that way about this Superman. I'll watch. The current one they have going? Yeah. Anything before that, I didn't give two flying cares. The original Superman movie of the, uh, what was it, late 70s or early 80s or whatever with Christopher Reeve? Yeah, all of them. I, I, I liked that one because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was very much, you know, oh, it's this Superman and, you know, I, I got the toy and I don't know. You know, that that was uh, why I liked it. But as an adult, like, it's, it, doesn't, it didn't age with me. We'll just put it that way. Weird enough, I never, ever... Like Superman, not at all. No, and and that's fair. And, that's, and I, you know, I the only thing I could tell you is that and what my mom told me. She, she told me even as a kid, I found him unrealistic. Like, not even kidding. Uh huh. People can't fly. No one can do that. It's garbage, mom. I don't like that guy. But then here's me with the Incredible Hulk. It's, you know, you know what know. I mean? I, Turn around, I had that, and that was okay because I could get behind being angry and jumping and strength and all that stuff. I, it all appeals to different people in different ways. It does. But like, like I've said a hundred times, and we'll make this one hundred and one. I uh, just not who's counting. Just as a statement, I don't like Superman because I feel Superman puts the wrong idea uh, in the heads of people. Like there's no, there's 
ah, just to rely on one guy to fly around and handle all your woes seemed super unrealistic to me. It just did. And here he is protecting the whole city with the world if he could. Yet, I, I, I could pick it apart, but like Gotham next door doesn't help Batman ever. Just saying. I wouldn't. Uh... So now it's now it's <laughs> Superman versus Batman because a building got wrecked. And, it's, and I'm sitting there like, I, I'll watch it only because stuff blows up. And I like action, and I get behind Batman. I do like Batman, and like I said, I like this Superman, only because when I, not only when I watched the film, I forget whose birthday it was, and that's oops, but I was out for a birthday, <laughs> and I think it was Sean's. I want to say, I don't remember whose, but we went out and we were watching this like dinner and a movie, dinner and a movie, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and we were there and we watched it, and I I actually liked it. I liked him fighting Zod. I liked how the portrayal of Zod was there. The worthy killing machines made to conquer, and that's just what we're going to do. Uh-huh. And that's new plan, so we'll just conquer that planet. And he's the only one who said no. And the fight that ensued, and the fact that when you hit somebody, if I am as strong as 100,000 suns or whatever it is, and I punch someone, and they, f- and they could take the punch, they're going to fly into a building and annihilate the building. And there is a consequence for it. And here comes this movie... Where it's like, yeah, I'm Bruce Wayne. There's a consequence. You wrecked my building or whatever it is. <laughs> right. And now we're going to have at it. I'm okay with that. I'm willing to see that to see what that is. But I have no illusions. Right. Is what it comes down to. I uh, I watched Superman or the Man of Steel, I guess it's called, uh, with my parents. So I did not feel any obligation not to talk during the film. <laughs> I normally am very anti-talking during a movie. You shut up, you watch the movie, and if you want to talk about it when it's over, you talk about it when it's over. But uh, I didn't like Man of Steel. Uh, in retrospect, I dislike it even more than I did while I was watching it. But I didn't feel any shame talking about it while it was on. And uh, I, I liked, visually it was stunning. It it just beat my brain about the brain with its visual stunningness. But as I watched it, I, I literally was just like every couple of minutes, I was like, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. What am I watching? You know? Right. Um, but the characterization of Superman, I can get behind it. It wasn't awful. Uh, what's his name? Henry Kivel or Cavell or whatever. That's the actor that I, I think he did a fair job. I think he did a decent enough job of portraying that character, but it's a character that I don't much care for to begin with. Yeah. If you want a Superman that I can get behind, I need like a 1939 Superman who could leap a tall building in a single bound, who was faster than a locomotive, but not an immortal man of steel. Right. Who, who, who's basically, if we don't have a power for Superman, let's just give him one. Right, because he invented it in an ice lab. Right. Somewhere that nobody can ever find. Uh, wouldn't it be really cool if he could shoot laser beams from his eyes? Sure, write it in. You know, wouldn't it be great if he if he's basically impervious to all damage? Yeah, sure, write it in. Not like a bullet ricochets off of him, but like you could drop a planet on him, and he'd be like, "Man, my suit's a little dirty." I just don't. I can't get behind a character that has no weaknesses except weaknesses you had to invent to give him weaknesses. And the thing is, I can't can't get behind there being a threat so big he couldn't handle. And I can't get behind him fighting Batman. Right. I just I can't at all. It is Batman. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's a genius. Guys, spoiler alert. He's beaten Superman before in the comics and the cartoon show with a kryptonite ring. He's right. gut punched old Clark Kent and he's folded like a sack of potatoes. I.e. see weaknesses we had to create so that he would have a weakness. 
Right. You know, simple as that. And uh, they didn't talk about kryptonite in the first movie at all. Right. They didn't mention it. They, it's not, and so if that's something that they have to include in the second movie, that's going to be dumb. Right. And if they don't introduce it, how is Batman supposed to beat Superman? Superman has no weaknesses except what his moral uh, high ground, which he already defeated in the first by killing Zod. Right. Like snapped his neck. So clearly we know he's willing to take a life. And if the thing need be. is. And the thing is, that's what I loved about him. He snapped Zod's neck. Well, of course you would love that about him. He didn't hit him with a cellophane S and banish him to some mystical zone. Truth. Truth. Yeah. That's It was done deal. It was Truth. like, got your neck and it snapped it. It came down to you or me and it was me. Truth. And that's, and that's that. I thought it was ridiculous that he killed him, though, because I was like, Superman doesn't kill people. Hey. And, and I thought it was great that he killed him, but I thought it was ridiculous maybe, that he killed maybe him. Maybe a name change. Now he's just super guy. He's, he's still, you know, he's just like... Uh, he's just super guy. Clark Kent, man. But, you know, if you step that line... Super normal dude. I'm going to snap your called. neck. That's just what he's got to say. Right. This is how we handle shit on the farm, son. Uh-huh. Done deal. You came at my family. I had to do what I had to do. Anybody. And again, I still think that's a heading out of them trying to say, okay, Nike. That's how you got Bob to buy it. You know, it's cool that you're immune to all this stuff or just budding and just growing into your powers. You're not immune yet. Mm -hmm. Great power comes great responsibility. Not even the same company. Let me tell you something. <laughs> right. Let me tell you something. If I, if I had the ability to write Superman, um, he wouldn't be on Earth. I would make him an explorer. I sincerely would. I think he comes home every once in a while. I think you'd kill him off. With stuff he found. And I don't know if I'd kill him off, but I don't know how you make that interesting because they've had some villains that were like, wow. And then someone would say, well, what would, you know, someone, I've had this argument a hundred times in my life with different people. Uh -huh. And it's always like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's had dark side has always been the one to come along. And that's the one who gave him a run for his money. Did he really? Dark side's only alive because Superman don't kill. So you had to explore deep space to find a guy that might hold a candle to Superman. And then you had to send Superman there. Right. And when he went there, he literally romped. By the way, I've secretly, and I guess I'll just reveal the top on it. I've had Microsoft points, went to the video store. Last three Superman movies they came out with that were cartoon shows, that were movies, you know, uh -huh. movie cartoons. I've watched them. Right. They were good. They were legitimately good. There, there was nothing wrong with them except for it's Superman. <laughs> okay? You may be asking why. For me, it was free. You know, perks, you might call it. But here, here I am watching it going, okay. And uh, one of the things, one of the shows they did was like all these people, this entire league of people got superpowers. Yeah, I saw Genetically that made you. and they're running around. You remember that? And then he gets to the moon. And he's like, all right, yeah. now I'll fight him. And and they tell him, Superman, get the kid gloves off because they, they're going to beat you the way you apple pie it. And you learn that Superman was only using one-tenth of his power. <sighs> it's like Dragon Ball Z the, to me. To face him the entire time? You I mean, let me get this straight. They're blowing up buildings. They're hurting people. They're jacking stuff. You had one hand tied behind your back? Yeah. And then when he gets to the moon, he doesn't even hit him with full power. He's like, okay, now I'll put him away. It just manipulates him. And it's like what he, right, he doesn't even he doesn't even like and, and look at it like this what's what's Superman's biggest villain himself the, the, the biggest Superman villain is Lex <laughs> Luthor right right sorry. so his biggest threat is what a legal team right like right so why is it that in eighty damn years you couldn't write this character better 
all that you had to do, in my opinion, for Superman is to make it to where, okay, he's immune and all this stuff. Here's what it is. Um, have him be a part of a race. Like, if you not destroy this planet, mm-hmm. like, we thought that he was from a planet that nuked itself and blah, blah, blah. Come to find out, the Zod, whatever reason, the planet he was on got nuked. That was the planet that the super beings made, right? Zod's planet's the one that got destroyed, and they tried to grab Kal-El to kidnap him and force this race to save his planet, to, so, to explain it. And then when he goes to his planet, you find that the next planet they're going to turn into a bunch of servitors is going to be Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we gave them the genetic material. At the very least, get all the people from H- ancient history's mysteries to enjoy that plot line. Right. To say that, see, even according to Superman, this show has proof that we were genetically manipulated by aliens. I mean, that's... That's all, it's that's as unrealistic as that sounds, is as unrealistic as the character of what you've been saying, which I agree with, is that Superman has no known anything. No. That could that could stop mix they they wait a minute, they made Apocalypse. I forgot about that. Doomsday. Uh-huh. Right? I call him the for me, that's my apocalypse right. in DC. And he comes marching over and he fights him, but that guy was so one dimensional. Right. He was like a cyborg, wasn't he? That they made I don't, to just I don't know kill? what he was. Here, here's, here's where I tuned out. I, I bought into all that Death of Superman crap, okay? Went out, bought me my comic books, read through them, and I didn't care what it was. It was like they made a rampaging thing, and this thing just destroyed everything in its wake. And Superman being the guy that was like, man, I'm, I'm the protector. I better get in there. You know, he goes, fights Doomsday. He dies. Okay, it's it's a fitting end. It's a fitting end to to that character. It dies defending the planet and his city from the one thing no one knows what it was or where it came from, <laughs> but it was it was unstoppable. And they both die. Superman and Doomsday die. That's it. Hallelujah. Funeral for a friend. Drape the cape over the coffin. Call it a day. 70 right. years, 60 years, whatever it was at the time. To me, that's a fitting end. We we don't know. Then they were like, oh, we you mean we killed off our 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 flagpole character? And we didn't think this through very much, did we? Well, let's bring him back and completely make everything that just happened worthless. And I was like, you're going to bring him back? Then, then it's pointless. You have killed him. <laughs> then you have literally just everything you just wrote, garbage. So... Yeah, that's where I tuned out on Superman. I didn't care anymore. You know, I don't care uh, your virtues and your whatever. All right, there's there's two things, okay? Uh-huh. So there's an ultimate killing machine that seems to have come after the explanation of it. The first one is, which fits the plot of the death of Superman, says Doomsday is, is a portrait as a deadly monster born from the depths of ancient Krypton. The creation is imbued with imbued, uh, Doomsday with feelings, mostly hate and destruction, which led to his destroying worlds and eventually finding Earth where he meets Superman. So that's uh-huh. that's as little as they put into him at first. Afterward, they refer to him as the ultimate killing machine. And he's originally known as the ultimate, simply that uh, Doomsday was born in, in prehistoric times on Krypton, right? To add mm-hmm. credence to that. Long before the humanoid Kryptonian race gained dominance over the planet about quarter of a million years ago uh sorry excuse me 250,000 years ago no my commas it was a violent hellish world where only the absolute strongest of creatures could survive in a cruel experiment involving evolution basically he was created 
and he was left in the lab and he got stuck on Krypton. And when it blew up, he got knocked loose. He wakes up, goes through worlds, being the strongest, killing everything until he finds Earth and then finds Superman. Uh-huh. The last of the Kryptonians. And that's that's that. That's that's the point. So so they did find something. From, from Which again, planet. they had to make up. Right. They had to go find. One can argue they had to make all of it, but that's like. Yeah, but it, it's like post, you know, okay, uh, we've written ourselves into a corner again. What do we do now? Right. What if there was a psycho group? That existed before the Kryptonians. Oh. That we didn't know. And I thought the Kryptonians were a peaceful group and they couldn't fly in their planet. They were just had super tech. Man, I, That's, I, from what I understood, the, like, he, the Kryptonians weren't anything like Superman is. And again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't really care. But from what I understood, the Kryptonians were just normal, advanced people. And it was their, his physiology interacting with Earth's physiology that made him a super being right that if he were home on his own planet he would just be a normal dude right but because he's here it makes him buff bagwell like he's the stuff (laughs) buff bagwell (laughs) i just that's you got to be a wrestler to get that so that's uh, that's why it was funny to me but yeah so i mean essentially that's that's that but that's why in terms of dc i think it's funny that there is a literal time warp because, jokingly, our friend Brandon is Brandon Winters is one of those fanatics, right? The fanatic. Yep. He pointed out the fact that Arkham and uh, what is it, uh, Metropolis, are basically next door to each other. Yeah, whether that that's true for the comic books or what, so like it's, that's it, what it, it is. Can't in the, be true, right? In the movies, in the, the 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 new movie mythos that they're making, that's they're right next door to each other. Well, there's not a map. Oh wow, there's there's not a map. Right? right, but if even if they were, let's say they're on the same continent, Superman should be able to save a lot. Right. So I think that Batman should be going after Superman is where I was going with a lot of this to say one reason. The reason why that movie needs to be there is because Batman needs to be whooping his ass for the death of his parents. <laughs> you weren't there to stop Thomas, right, and right. You, you were super intelligent. Your fortress of solitude should be able to predict the fact if these two moguls die, stuff's going to go bad. And Superman's going to be like, "Dude, I was like so, 13. So he didn't deal with that. You know, he didn't stop him from the Joker from killing uh, Look, the first Robin, dude." Or the second Robin. Superman wouldn't even stop his own stupid adopted father from sacrificing himself for, a, for to a tornado. What I'm saying is Superman needs an ass whooping. You want to talk about problems I have with that movie? That's a number one problem I had with that movie. And I've expressed it before. <laughs> but I'm a super being, right? I can fly so fast it, it would blow your mind. Uh, what do I care about a tornado? What do I care if the human race finds out I'm a super being? What do I care? Right. And do I care enough about that more than I care about your life so that you can go, no, don't save me. I'll just die by the tornado. And they pushed that crap across. And I was like, what? <laughs> Look, if my father was stuck in the car, like his seatbelt was stuck and he couldn't get out and there was a tornado of F force five tornado barreling down the road at him and he was like no your secret it's too important i'd be like you're dumb i'm saving you but shut up like <laughs> zero effort it would have required zero effort because i would have rather have my dad go how dare you save me 
than to be like, oh, well, it looks like I'm attending a funeral for my tornado dead dad. Absolutely. Stupid. I was like, what? Like, clearly you don't care because if you cared, you'd have saved him regardless of what his wishes were. I think that it's tough being an alien. And I think it's twice as tough when you're a super alien that looks just like humans. It's tough being a pimp. And he hasn't crossed that boundary either. You know, nobody points that out. Wait a minute. He's a human being. No, he's a Kryptonian. It's hard out of them streets for a superhero. Are we Kryptonians? Wouldn't Earth just be a prison for planet Krypton? No, I thought it. it'd be like the other way around. Think of it. Well, right. Yes, you get you got it right. But like if on one planet I'm a super being and another one I'm just a Joe Schmo, uh-huh. would, wouldn't you just kind of do that transition? I mean, like they're too similar. Well, and, and that's that's my biggest problem. That is the problem with Superman. Correct me if, if I'm wrong. Us. Right. He looks like us. He probably pees and poops. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, super shit. Got his toilets made. Got, he wants to have some sexy time with Lois Lane. But correct me if I'm wrong. But before um, they they stuck him in a little ship and shot him out into space, they didn't they comment on like he'll be a god on Earth. Like so they knew. Like I think you're right. Why didn't they all just get in a ship and go like, oh well, we'll be gods. Morals like, and principles that you can't comprehend. No, I can't. On planet Krypton, there's a law that if you die with your planet, you will forever like you get to go to the better life with seventy two virgins <laughs> and everything else. That was the other and, thing that confused me too, uh, and I think I've told you about this as well. I don't know if I've ever talked about it here on the podcast, but they were like, Zod, you're a you're a dastardly jerk. You got to go down. We're putting you in prison. Also, our planet's going to explode soon. Um, I never understood. Having said that, we're we're going to put you. We, you're going to outlive us, okay? We're going to put you in the. <laughs> we're going to put you in the negative zone, or wherever they put them. The the zero quad. I don't even care. So stupid to me. But the, instead, they could have just been like, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep you in holding for about a week, if that's cool with you." Like, I don't know if you noticed, but our core is expanding and, you know, our planet is about to explode. Um, so we're going to hold off on the putting you in prison thing until the planet blows up. So that way you die with us. Because what sense does it make to take your worst criminal and his dastardly criminal gang that you don't like anymore for whatever reason and put them in a prison where they won't die? Well, Zod was the general. Right. He was the general, but he did. He, he He's dereliction of do- whatever he did that they were like man you go away <laughs> it's it's right i think i think it's a matter of how they how you treat your general like whatever he whatever he was doing which was taking over inbreeding bob right it so was what, inbreeding what i think the point was is that great this is this guy we put him in a prison he'll die with us because he's stuck in a prison right but the prison is in a different dimension that's uh-huh. not <laughs> and then and then he found his way back uh, what? Look, Zod had people. Right. right that found Zod. I don't know. Yeah. When you're the great General Zod, you have contingency plans. Look at the great Doctor Doom. Oh, he had a map. <laughs> he was like, uh, here's how we got to the negative zone. Uh, I'm saying is that Zod. You know, a microphone. Superman. So, what do you want to say? The point. I still want to interject for a second, though. I don't think we watched the same Superman movie. We didn't watch the same Superman movie? No. no the one I watched was called Man of Steel. Right, so that must be different. But the, the one I watched when we were at Sean's birthday party was the, uh, uh, the he was thrown in jail because of the coup, but he and the, whatever, the father of Superman, uh-huh. both know that the jor going to explode. Right. He's taking it over to try and 
Right. They're, they're, they're both working points. Right. So, but so Jor-El knows the planet's going to explode. Mm-hmm. Does he tell anybody that the planet's going to explode? Right. So, again, how are we watching a different movie? They put him in a fucking prison that's in a different dimension instead of leaving him on the fucking planet. I must have misunderstood what you said. <laughs> well, I mean, am, am I wrong? Like, it doesn't make sense to me to put him into a prison. No. That's in a different dimension. Bottom line, I'm just going to... My gonna, understanding I'm, was that the powers that be uh-huh. were ignoring it. The two of jor and Zod were saying this They were. Problem. In the movie, the but we're... The powers that be are saying no. Okay. And they shun jor But we're shitting on the movie. Fair enough. Fair, I fair think enough. that's the point. And so, it's so like, no, the basic, movie, and it's, no, 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 no. At the elements of the movie, regardless of the explanation, it comes down to this. Why didn't you just kill Zod? Right. If he committed a crime, instead of in prison, just kill him. Right. You don't believe Jor-El, fine. No big deal. Plant's going to blow up anyway. And granted, they didn't know, and that's why he went to the prison. That's why all that happened. I can see that. I get that. That's what occurred. Uh-huh. However, I think your argument still stands with the fact of you knew that you're going to have Zod in this film. There could have been a better way to have Zod yeah, in this film. Absolutely. Which I think is the overall point. Yes. And it would have been easier to say, why didn't Zod try to do his coup, period? Right. And then when it didn't work, they kick him off. Right. Like or he, not or to he, another dimension. Or he escapes the planet. Or fell or was unconscious or they shot him towards the sun. Or even his people... We're like, shit, they're going to put us in prison. This planet's going to ex- explode. Let's jump a dimension. Or the fact that if you were going to go to another place, you knew your son would be a god there. Why didn't you send more people Yeah, that you knew were worth living? Buy, why, a, buy why a bigger fucking a ship. ship. With? Why, why make a ship the size of a fucking baby? And that, the f- and that we've learned, we learned it's not. It wasn't the size of a baby. It the was fact a giant the fucking place. The to die with the husband. The husband wouldn't leave. Stupid. And they sent their son to live. Yeah. Anyways, to me, that's all stupid shit. So... I don't know. We've 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 diverted from Batman, but because uh, Batman was cooler and Batman right. was surmised the first forty five minutes. Right. It's it's that what's great about Batman, he has a beginning and an end. Right. Super cool guy, genius detective, vigilante, does his thing. He's a ninja, got gadgets. He's a billionaire, cool dude, Joker. To, they, s- to summarize, done. to summarize, I if if we're if we're uh, dividing and conquering Superman versus Batman, I'm on Team Batman. Batman's much more nubile. I'm I'm sitting with Batman because Superman should lose. Like I told you, yep. There's a lot I can blame on Superman's his existence. The fun part about Superman for me is that Superman's real. He's the reason all our lives suck. <laughs> it's just like that. You're the reason there's war. You piece of sh- Why couldn't you stop us from going into Iraq? Why don't you sit in a NATO council? Superhero. Yeah. There are laws. You suck, Superman. Wuss. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll probably touch on all that stuff it. in the movie. Uh, I'm sure it'll be it'll be good, or maybe it won't. I don't know. They won't touch on it. You're not going to bring in the world politic and why he doesn't handle things. Well, I think we've uh, we've we've ran it into the ground. Anything else you'd like to add as a closing statement? Add, adding as a closing statement? No, no, I won't do it this time. You you won't. I won't do you, it this. You, fuck you, Hank Pym. Thank you, thank you. All right, with that, without further ado, uh, that will be that for us. Uh, tune in every whenever it's posted and uh, <laughs> listen to our. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Whenever <laughs> no, it's posted. No. Um, we shoot for uh, Friday and Monday. Sometimes it's Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes it's Saturday and Tuesday. Sometimes it's Friday and Sunday. You know, but uh, twice a week. Uh, listen in live, not live at all, actually. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, check it out on the website, utilitymuffinlabs.com. Check it out on iTunes. Check it out on Stitcher. Check me out on Twitter, Team Epic Win. Without further ado, see you later. Have a good one. I think everyone pees. It's okay. Everybody leaks. The great omnipotent Doc Strange is my name. Six six triple eight four six nine nine three. Never don't try find me. Why? Why? Cause I'm lost in the clouds. Nine. Irregular balls in the house. I don't hear what you hear, nigga. Because I hear difference, you label me a weird nigga. I like that. And I like mixing dark and some clear liquor. For the nightcap. Although we ain't the same, I cheers with you. Then I'm right back.